midnight at the oasis Send your camel to bed Shadows painting our faces Traces of romance in our hands Heaven's holding a half moon Shining just for us There you go, Maria Maldor's amazing and iconic, massive hit, Midnight at the Oasis. Hi, Maria. How are you? Hi there. I'm fine, thanks, Chris. I'm trying to think about this. I remember when I would hear that on the radio, I can't believe it's been 50 years. It still stands a test of time, I'm telling you. Well, thank you. I can't believe 50 years has passed since that was first released and started climbing to the top of the charts. But here we are 50 years later, and I've made 43 albums since then. But people still love to hear that song to this day. I thought this was such a milestone for the song to have survived for 50 years that I put together a multimedia retrospective called Way Past Midnight, and I'm bringing it to the East Coast, and I'm going to be touring around the Hudson Valley, New York, New England area, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I know multimedia retrospective sounds so fancy, but really what it's going to be is my band and I performing a lot of the old hits from my earlier albums, and I'll be telling stories of various encounters I've had with the most wonderful artists and musicians I've had the great privilege of working with. And then it'll be accompanied by videos and photos of these artists and the various adventures I've been on on my long journey through American Roots music. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to come here to The Egg on September 15th. And I'm glad you, yes. you sort of explained this this multimedia thing, and this way past midnight. It sounds fantastic, like a, a really wonderful experience for folks. Well, yeah, for those who know and love and still remember and cherish my earlier work, I think it's going to be a very special show. I actually got the idea because my daughter, Jenny Muldar, for a while was fulfilling my old teenage doo-wop dreams by singing with Ronnie Spector as a Ronette. Yes. And and I went to see their show, and Ronnie had done the same thing. She would do her older hits and have wonderful little visuals going on behind her in the band. So I thought, well, gee, that sounds like a cool idea. So I put together a, a version of that. That's great. Now, Maria, I start to think about this, and this show could last like for 50 years because there's so much that you could be doing in there. Who haven't you played with? Would that be a shorter list? It would probably be a shorter list. I mean, I've worked with so many amazing artists, Dr. John, yeah. Ry Cooter, David Lindley, Linda Ronstadt, Aaron Neville, the Neville brothers. I mean, the list goes on and on. Benny Carter, fabulous jazz composer and big band leader. I've worked with Doc Watson and just so many great artists, but someone I always wanted to collaborate with and didn't get to due to scheduling was Al Green. Oh. And um, he was into it, I was into it, but then 
Actually, he got called to play at the White House. So, (laughs) hey, that trumped a recording session with me. But more or less, I've worked with most of the people I've admired and, you know, a lot of my musical heroes. So I feel very blessed about that. Well, even those first couple of bands, the Even Dozen Jug Band and the Jim Queskin Jug Band, it's not like there were slouches in those bands either. No, no, the Even Dozen Jug Band. We were all young. Some of us weren't even of age. I mean, David Grisman was in this that band, and his mom was still having to drive him to rehearsals. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there were many guys in that band that went on to more notable things. Grisman, John Sebastian, Steve Katz was in that band. And then, of course, the Jim Queskin Jug Band, you know, had Jim Queskin in it and my former husband, Jeff Muldar, and Fritz Richmond. I mean, those were my sort of first two major professional musical experiences, and I learned a lot playing with them. That's awesome. Maria Muldar is going to be at the Egg with her Way Past Midnight, September 15th. Maria, let's hear another song. How about Don't You Feel My Leg? Would you like to say anything about this? Well, I would. A Dr. John, whom I had the great pleasure of working with on my first and many subsequent albums, came in the studio one day and he said, I think I got a cool song for you. <laughs> and he pulled out a little cassette of Don't You Feel My Leg, which was originally written and recorded by a wonderful blues woman from New Orleans named Lulu Barker. And we thought the song was cute and we put it on there. And to tell the truth, it was at least as, if not more popular, among radio listeners than Midnight at the Oasis. Warner Brothers got this report from DJs around the country. And so it's a fun song. People still love to hear it. And in 2019, I decided to do an album in tribute to Lulu Barker and her husband, Danny Barker, who were fixtures on the New Orleans music scene for decades. And I recorded that in New Orleans. And what do you know if it wasn't nominated for a Grammy in 2019? So it's another one of those enduring songs, and people love it. That's great. Don't you feel Just reliving a little bit of memory here with Don't You Feel My Leg, Maria Muldor. She's going to be at the Egg on September 15th. Way past midnight's coming to town. It's the multimedia experience where you get to sort of hear stories and see all the cool things and hear all the cool things that uh, Maria's been doing all these past 50-plus years. Maria, I don't want to get too far away from that 1973 record, but I do want to talk a little bit about your work with Tuba Skinny because that just knocked my socks off. And I also love that song, I'm Vaccinated and I'm Ready for Love. So let's talk. Tuba Skinny is a wonderful band of young street musicians that I discovered a few years ago playing on the streets of New Orleans. And I had never heard of them before, but I fell in love with them because they were playing this vintage blues and jazz from the 20s and 30s with such authenticity and such soulfulness that I just fell in love with their playing and had the opportunity to get together with them and collaborate on an album a couple of years ago. We recorded it in New Orleans during a little break in the pandemic. And 
it was just one of the most joyful musical experiences of my life. Where did your love for American Roots music come from? I don't know. I mean, I just grew up listening to my aunt. My mother's sister loved what she called cowboy music, which we would call the early country and Western music. And I was listening to Hank Williams and Kitty Wells and Ernest Tubb and people like that when I was five years old. And then, you know, I loved early R&B music, which morphed into rock and roll. And then I got involved in jug band music. And when I was with the Jim Queskin Jug Band is when we would spend hours listening to old 78s of like Fletcher Henderson and ah. Paul Whiteman and the early jug bands from the 20s and 30s, you know, that were playing music in the rural South. And so I think that's where my love of that old music comes from. Oh, that's great. And I did want to touch on Vaccinated. What would you say about this song, though? This was fun. Well, I'm not usually a songwriter. I just do happen to know who the best songwriters in the country are, and I have their phone numbers. So I know who to go to for good material whenever I'm doing an album in a particular genre. But this song is an exception to that. And how it came about was I had finally gotten my second shot during the pandemic. You know, we got the first and then you had to wait till you got your second shot. And I came out of the place where they were giving out the shots and got in my car and started to drive home. And this rush of exhilaration and liberation came over me. I wasn't expecting it, but it was like a palpable feeling of joy and just feeling released from this terrible dark cloud that had been sitting over me and all of us during that whole time in the pandemic. And um, it was a beautiful spring day. I rolled back the sunroof and I started driving home and I found myself spontaneously singing at the top of my lungs, vaccinated and I'm ready for love. (laughs) And I just, and I just couldn't stop singing it. And I got home, I sort of chuckled at myself and just forgot about it. But the next day, the song was still in my head. So I called my guitar player, Craig Kappel. I said, I got the hook. I got the title. Help me finish the song. And so he did. And we put it out as a single. And we made a real cute video that you can see on YouTube. So that's my latest big hit. That's the (laughs) latest thing I've recorded. But people really relate to it. We sing it live. And people... People all join in on the chorus, so obviously it's something that resonated with a lot of folks. It was a year we will never forget, by far one of the worst ones yet. And when the whole world got shut down, I had to stay home, no more running around. It's been so long since I've been on a date, but the time is coming. I just can't wait Cause I'm vaccinated And I'm ready for love I've been praying To the heavens above Please send me Someone I can kiss and hug Cause I'm vaccinated And I'm ready for love I'm vaccinated and I'm ready for love That's Maria Muldor from 2021 And what a fun song that is September 15th, Maria's bringing Way Past Midnight 
to the egg, and that's going to be awesome. This was, what, 1973 was your debut solo album, but you had been with bands and you had done stuff with Jeff. What was it like for you to be putting this out as your first record? It was nothing I was ever sitting around wishing to do. I had been in a band with my then-husband, Jeff Muldar, from 63 to 70, and then we had done two duo albums, also on reprise. And then at that point in 73, our musical and personal partnership kind of came to an end. He wanted to go on and join Paul Butterfield, who was forming a new band called Better Days. And so I thought I'd get a job as a waitress. I didn't really have any big visions of myself as a solo artist. I wasn't sitting around going, God, I wish I could ditch this guy so I could have a solo (laughs) career. Just by a series of synchronicities and blessings, I connected totally by accident with the uh, president of Warner Reprise Records. I knew him, but I ran into him. And he, finding out that Jeff and I were breaking up, he said, well, why don't you make a solo album? And just gave me the opportunity to go out to L.A., asked me who I'd like to play with. I just named all my favorite players, like Dr. John and Ry Cooter and so forth, and um, found myself in the studio with all these amazing musicians. And I did this very eclectic album with no big thought of having a pop commercial hit. In fact, all the other songs are what now would be called Americana. I did a Jimmy Rogers song. I did a Dolly Parton song. I did a Kate McGarrigal song, the work song, and a few songs by contemporary young songwriters. And that Don't You Feel My Leg was part of that, a New Orleans blues tune. And so much to everybody's surprise, this goofy song about the camel decided to go to the top of the charts and no one could have been more surprised than I was, but I feel very blessed and to still be in good health and good voice and able to continue to bring my music to people. I'm very, very grateful. And that's what I'm going to be out there celebrating when I see you. That's great. We can't wait. September 15th at the Egg, Maria Maldor. Maria, thank you so much for taking a few moments to talk with me about the amazing career you've had and keep going because, you know, with vaccinated, you got to just keep on finding some more songs. I'm definitely going to keep on recording and and performing as long as they'll let me. So I look forward to seeing you and a lot of your listeners at the show at the Egg on the 15th. All right. Would you like to say anything more about Kate's song, The Work Song? We'll hear that one now. One of the tunes I did on my first album was a lovely song written by a wonderful young artist named Kate McGarrigal. She and her sister Anna McGarrigal both wrote and performed these lovely, delicate, very artistic songs. They were unlike anything people were doing at the time. A lot of their songs have a kind of a, almost a Stephen Foster kind of vibe to them. And uh, this was such a lovely song that I had to record it. And then I went on to record several more of their material on subsequent albums. Awesome. Oh, baby. 